Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Uh, good to see you all. Uh, thanks for being here. Um, my name's Steve, if you don't know me. Uh, I've been leading an Ivy site, uh, an I- Ivy's Eden team over on the Merseybank estate, which is about a mile in that direction. Um, you know, put your hand up if you if you know what Eden is and have heard about it before. Some, some of us, uh, not everyone. So that's, there's a bunch of us who live on the Merseybank estate. There's Eden teams right over across the country. Uh, and we're part of Ivy Church, but we're, we're living on the estate and we are living out our faith in that community um, and helping to see like a, a reverse in the trend of um, churches declining in urban estates around the country um, and, uh, and kind of going against the fact that church is predominantly at the moment in this country, middle class, uh, in the affluent suburbs and struggling to reach estates like ours so that's why we're there um, that's what we do day to day uh, so thank you for any of you who who give um, support us in prayer and helping us out practically um, so uh, that's a bit about me um, things over on Merseybank are actually changing at the moment uh, I'm stepping down all because uh, of some prophetic words uh, that we've had over the years and I'll mention that a bit later um, but I've been uh, part of Ivy for nearly 19 years. Uh, a friend called Andy back home where I grew up in Coventry, he moved to Manchester a year before I did and said, when you move up here, you should try out Ivy. So I did. Here I am. Um, and that same friend had twin cousins who lived uh, in Whitby. Uh, and they had a friend called Sarah who was also moving to Manchester, and they said, when you move to Manchester, you should try out Ivy. Now, I didn't speak to Sarah or know anything about her for the first four years here, Um, but now we've been married for 10 years and have two kids, Gideon and Caleb, um, all through this same guy. Uh, And this guy's dad wrote a book uh, about bereavement, and he'd interviewed... Uh, my my mum about losing her parents and her younger brother and he also interviewed Sarah's granddad in this tiny little village in the middle of nowhere outside Whitby about losing his sight so both me and Sarah get uh, a mention in this book long before we knew anything about each other why am I telling you this Uh, because we worship a God who's all about connection and relationship uh, he's an incredible weaver of time and circumstance, um, purpose and love and everything. And he loves connecting with us and connecting us with each other. And I believe prophecy is m- as much about connection as it is about revelation and, and direction. Um, and that's why in, in 1 Corinthians 4, uh, 14, 1, uh, it says that prophe- prophecy is to be eagerly desired because partly I think God desires us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us and wants to connect with us um, so that we can find his good and perfect will in our lives. Um, And today we're going to carry on looking at prophecy as we have been doing the last few weeks. Um, I'm going to 
speak a bit from the Bible, but also personal stories. Um, and we're going to whistle through some things and looking at God as our Father. Um, and he, the Father heart of God in prophecy. Um, and uh, I'm going to use my little boy, who's kind of written half this talk without knowing it, um, and just share some some stories about him uh, to help us um, see God's father heart in how he wants to connect with us uh, and and how it helps us hear him better. So we want to look at some of that kind of stuff together. Um, so the first passage I want to look into a bit is uh, 1 John 3, 1, and it says... That is small, isn't it? Oh, you can't. It's better behind me. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Um, and I, I know it can be hard for a lot of us to see God as a father, especially if we had uh, difficult relationships with our earthly dads or, or no relationship at all. For me, um, my relationship with my dad was up and down. It wasn't the best growing up and has actually got a lot better since I moved out of house uh, and came to Manchester and it has got better over the years but seeing God as our father um, and us as his children gives us some great keys to to hearing him better and practicing the gift of prophecy Um, last week I don't know if you were here but Anthony um, showed us a video uh, from someone called John Bevere uh, speaking on a fence and I actually tried to steal this book from Anthony's office without him knowing um, called The Bait of Satan at the start of the year, and uh, I've kind of, it's, it's, you know, when you read something, and it kind of, uh, this book has been prophetic for me. It kind of, it was, it was like a word of uh, knowledge. It kind of, as I was reading, it, I was like, this guy knows exactly the kind of things that are going on around me, uh, and there's word of wisdom in there that kind of helped me understand how to deal with certain things that um, that were happening. Um, so I thought. Tonight I'm going to speak quite a lot about this book uh, and maybe even show a video. And then I came last week just to make sure Anthony doesn't suddenly switch from talking about prophecy to something else. And then that kind of happened. So I've had to start again, which is good. Um, But also it's encouraging because God was speaking to me uh, (laughs) in some way. Um, And he wants to speak... um, with us all the time. He wants his children to get hold of the stuff he has for us as individuals and as a church um, and those who don't know him yet. Uh, and that builds our faith um, and it helps others find their way back to him. Uh, and when we do hear him, it makes us want to hear more uh, and act on it. Um, so as I said last week, it was like, good, I'm, I'm actually hearing something right. So as I share some stories, um, I just want you to be aware that I, I make a lot of mistakes. I'm definitely not uh, an expert uh, in prophecy. Um, here on Tuesday mornings, we kind of get together as staff and, and worship and pray. And um, uh, to my shame, I've, I, 
very rarely contribute that much. Um, I think my brain works very slowly, and as I started to hear from God, we've kind of moved on to something else. I'm like struggling to keep up. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm still learning and growing. Uh, and when I look at other people, I, I can fall into that trap of thinking, oh my goodness, I've got a long way to go. We've got someone called Heather on our, our team who has words for people on the school and seemingly every day. Uh, and has, at the moment, got a Muslim neighbour who keeps coming round um, and bringing friends with her to hear what God has told Heather this week and ask for prayer. So there's exciting things happening in the state. But there's a, there is a danger when we share stories that it sounds like it's the norm. When I moved to Merseybank, I had a neighbour who took great delight in explaining everything negative that had happened on the estate, including murders and break-ins and everything over the last few years and made it sound like it all happened that week. Um, so I'd gone from being really excited to moving into thinking, what have I done? Um, and the opposite can also happen. When, when uh, I started coming here, the, um, there's a whole different leadership team in the church and uh, as well as not speaking to Sarah for the first four years, I never spoke to them because I thought, well, these guys are very holy and on another level um, so I never engaged with them until uh, I started a gap year here and then uh, that illusion was shattered in a good way but I realised they were human just like the rest of us so as we share stories don't, don't fall into those traps that I've done in the past um, everyone is equal in God's mission and he wants to speak to each one of us um, as um, as well as our friends and our family and neighbours who don't know him yet. Uh, and it's when the, us, us as a body and a whole church grasp God's mission, his call on our lives, and actually sees his kingdom, that the kingdom grows in us and around us. Um, I'm just going to... Did I bring a... Matt, could you just grab my water, please? Um, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to share the first prophetic thing that ever happened to me. Um, was down in Cornwall um, and um, so basically I'd, each summer I'd used to, I used to go on a Christian holiday camp I couldn't find any friends to go with me so my parents used to drop me off by myself um, uh, but it was great so I used to do all kinds of activities during the day um, and we uh, and it was crucial to forming my my identity in Jesus I think and my, my journey with him um, we were encouraged in the mornings to go off walking around with this is like before safeguarding and uh, risk assessments and all the rest of that and just to like spend time with God uh, and I never had like any major revelations but just in that time I realized God wanted to speak to me uh, I knew that more and more that he loved me and that gave me a an, an hunger to read more of the Bible and, and to seek him out. And then there was one time where I was, um, was having hot chocolate uh, before lights out in this really mouldy tent. Um, and I, kinda, I was just kind of daydreaming. I had a long day. Um, but I, at the same time, I knew it wasn't a normal daydream. Something was going on. And, uh, I saw uh, a picture uh, of myself climbing. Um, uh, a mountain and, uh, and as I was climbing it was getting harder and steeper and I had all my mates from school and 
and all those like down at the bottom mountain shouting to me saying come on we're having fun down here what are you doing risking life up there it's we're having a party down here come back down and stop being crazy but um i kept persevering and i in that daydream i got to the top of this this mountain and then as soon as that finished it switched scene and i could see myself hanging on to uh, a boy in a, like a in a nice tranquil bay a bit like that picture uh, and I had all again my mates just around me playing having fun um, and saying what are you doing weirdo stop hanging on to this boy coming and play with us um, and for some reason I knew I had to hang on and not let go and uh, kind of as I did that all of a sudden the um, the sea kind of washed out and took everyone with them apart from me and I was kind of left on the beach to walk on to dry land and it's kind of, there was a scary picture for my friends obviously uh, but it's also something I needed at that time I was at a, a big school and I was pretty much one of the only Christians I knew in the whole school um, and that kind of kept me going uh, through high school um, Towards the end, I was, I'd kind of fallen into being a bit of a, a part-time Christian, if that's even possible, uh, or a thing. Um, but it was that that picture that God had given me that kept me going. And it actually changed over the years. So it kept coming back to me that uh, rather than just myself climbing up the mountain, I was starting to call my friends and they would come with me. And rather than just me on the boy, more and more um, people joining us. Um, so that was exciting. And that's kind of first time I, I felt like God was speaking really clearly and directly to me. Um, so um, in Matthew 18, 3, it says, uh, Jesus says, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, and that we don't earn that that privilege of being able to hear God, it's, it's our right. We're adopted into his family. Um, in Ephesians 1.9, it says, um, he, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him. And in Psalm 25.14, the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. And again, in John 15.5, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. Um, and from that first picture I had, kind of throughout my life, when I've needed to make a big decision for me or for my family, um, quite often at the last minute, God has, has spoken very clearly, both through the Bible and, and through the prophetic, um, which has given us confidence to step into what he's calling us. Um, and that's kind of happened recently. We've had to make a big decision. Um, years ago, this is, it was all Jane Sullivan's fault, actually. Um, we had a word that Merseybank uh, wasn't for us forever. The Eden Merseybank wasn't for us forever. Um, and at some point, I was going to need to step down, which at the time, I didn't really want to hear because I w we were just getting started and we were kind of investing in the community and laying down roots. Um, and a year later, a friend, he, he said the exact same phrase and added detail and said, God is going to cause her to a bigger platform, potentially with a lot of travel. Um, the rest of your team would understand uh, what's going on. Um, and that's the point when you need to step down. 
Um, so that's happened. We're now trying to work out what happens next. Uh, and I'm, I'm waiting on God for a clearer picture for that. Um, but I'm, I know it's coming. Um, so, um, praying about tonight, I asked God, like, what, what, what more can be said on prophecy? What, what do you want me to talk about tonight? And he said, this week, because I had to start all over again after last week, uh, I want you to watch Gideon uh, and, and just see how he listens or doesn't listen. Uh, so that's what I've been doing. Um, can we skip ahead to the picture of Gideon? Um, here he is. This is after his haircut yesterday at the barbers. Um, he's a, clearly a, a ginger ninja. Um, and as far as I know, one of the rarest combinations is ginger hair and blue eyes. Um, and so lights remind me that it's also a mutated gene and recessive. But as you can see, it's quite strong in our family. Uh, so. If I showed you a picture of me at that age, I look very, very similar. But that's kind of where a lot of the similarities stop. Gideon basically starts talking uh, when he wakes up, which is quite early, and he does not stop <laughs> or pause for breath until I can get him to sleep uh, in the evening. Um, and as he's getting older, I'm, we're finding it harder and harder to get him to listen to what we want him to listen to. Um, so this week I have been watching, as his dad, uh, of things that make it hard for him to hear, things that um, mean he hasn't heard properly and things that make it better for us to connect and for him to listen. Um, I'm making it very difficult for our visuals. Can you jump back to 1 Corinthians 13, 12, please? Oh, very good, thanks. This is, um, I don't know why, it's one of my favourite passages. I very rarely like reading King James Version, but that's the top one, and I quite like it. It says, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. Um, and in the NRV it says, for now we see only reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So... This is talking about prophecy, um, and as I've been as I've been watching Gideon, this this passage has been in my in my mind, um, and I feel God's shown me all kinds of things all week. It's been a bit like a secret life of five year olds, um, but first of all, we have to look into that mirror, into that glass, to be able to see what God's um, wanting to show us, um, and it and it is always going to be dark or um, not clear until we come face to face when we go home to be with um, Jesus forever. Um, but we can also make it grubby and even harder to see through. Um, and so that's what I've been thinking about. And so I'm, we're going to look at um, those, those three different things um, that I've not written down on my sheet. Uh, Thank you. Things that make it hit harder for us to hear from God or to see through that, that lens, uh, kind of things that might distort what God is saying to us and not hearing him clearer, clearly enough, um, and things that really help hear God more clearly. Um, and there's a whole load of them. We might have to skip through some, but I'm hoping that 
for everyone here, there's going to be something that jumps out and God speaks to you about that and there's something we can put into action. So the first one is distraction. Um, for Gideon, it is screens, TV. We don't have an iPad in our house for this very reason. Uh, when my mum died, one of, the, one of the first questions Gideon asked was, has she taken her iPad to heaven? Uh, <laughs> so you get the idea. He, he is focused on that distraction. And uh, if the TV's on, there is n- there's no point in trying to talk to him. Um, he, he will not listen uh, until whatever is engrossed and is finished. And if you try and stop him before that, you're in trouble. Um, and it, even as, as I was starting to think about um, tonight, I, I got the kids to bed. I went downstairs um, to, to start praying and, and thinking. And next door decided that was a good time to knock through from the kitchen into the dining room. <laughs> uh, so there's hammering going on. I decided to sit in the front room because Sarah was also working and she is a very loud typer. Um, but even that was drowned out by next door and that kept waking the kids up. And on Merseybank, um, it's moped, uh, motorbike and quad bike season, which you usually don't mind, but front room kind of, bop, it's on the circuit. Uh, so that's flying past the window, and I'm like, come on, <laughs> you must be joking. Um, so distraction, we need to get rid of distraction if you want to hear from God more clearly. Jesus did this very well. Uh, in Mark 1.35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Um, so... Fasting, that's a good way of getting rid of distractions, getting away from things, turning your phone off, finding that special place where you can tune better into what God's saying to us. Next thing is similar, but is um, too much stuff. So even when the TV's off in our house, Gideon is constantly either talking or thinking of something, uh, and uh, we've got toys everywhere. Um, and that can kind of get in the way. If he's got an idea of what he wants to do, um, I've got to negotiate that first before he'll listen to what I want to talk to him about. Um, we, Sarah and I, have, we've spent some time in Africa. Um, just before moving to Mersey Bank, we were in Kenya for quite a few months. Uh, and there, we, we didn't have a TV. We didn't really have any stuff. Uh, we didn't have electricity a lot of the time. And life was a lot slower, a lot simpler. And it was a lot easier to hear from God. There was a lot of that stuff was out of the way. Um, and the passage from Hebrews 13:5 would come to mind, saying, "Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have, because God has said, "Never will I leave you, and never will I forsake you." Um, and uh, even living around our way, find the less stuff we have, the easier it is to focus in on God. Um, the next one is when when Gideon has been naughty, which it doesn't happen all the time, um, but when he does, he's, he's got a talent for it. Um, that's when he's, he, he literally switches his hearing off. He knows he's done something bad. He knows he's in trouble. Um, and if he's quick enough, he'll either, he'll even go and hide somewhere. And this is one of the few times he's actually quiet. 
because um, it knows something's coming. Um, and it's the same with us. Sin in our own lives um, makes that glass muckier and harder. It even makes us not want to look into that glass because it reflects us as well. Um, and that causes us to stop praying, to stop reading the Bible, seeking out each other and seeking God. Um, and in James 4.8 it says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And God's got great cleaning fluid for our, for our lenses and he'll forgive us every single time. Um, but if, if we don't ask for forgiveness and let sin take root in our lives, it gets, it gets in the way. Uh, next one. Too tired. Um, as I said, Gideon doesn't stop. He just, he just keeps going. And when he gets really tired, he, he actually gets faster um, and winds up even more. Uh, and at that point, not only does he stop listening, but he actually deliberately um, becomes defiant. Uh, and it, I kinda, it, it's, a, it's a great thing to finish our days praying and to seeking God. Um, but if we're too tired... Uh, and that's all we've given him. The last bit of our day when we've done everything else we need to and want to first, um, then we, I'm not sure we can expect to hear God really clearly in that, that place. Um, or if we've been lazy and just expecting to hear God when we turn up at church or through someone else, we're not giving God our best time like Jesus did when he got up early and uh, sought God out for his day. Um, so we want to be, we want to be seeking God, as it says in Thessalonians, throughout the day, rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances, um, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us, uh, for you and for me. <laughs> um, and as we make more time for Him when we're not exhausted, then again, hopefully we'll hear Him more clearly. Um, another thing, Gideon knows when I've when I want him to do something, whether it's brush his teeth, get ready for school, he knows when I'm on his case. Uh, and again, that's when he turns off his ears. Um, and for, uh, for us, I think if we know God's maybe on our case about something, uh, we either face it or we, or we avoid it. Um, for me, for a long time, I said I was a bit of a part-time Christian uh, through high school, and I knew when I came to Manchester I needed to make a fresh start. Um, and... I prayed a dangerous prayer, which I was scared of doing, because I knew, I felt God was going to ask me to do stuff I was, I was going to be scared of doing. Uh, and having to give over my whole life and the bits I'd just kept for myself. Um, so I'd avoided that for quite a while until coming here uh, and making a fresh start. And ever since then, my life, I don't even remember being bored ever since praying that prayer. God, you can have all of me, do whatever you want. Um, but it's a scary thing to do. Um, and um, in Romans 12, it talks about, since God has shown his great mercy, I beg you to offer your lives as a living sacrifice to him. Your offering must be only for God and pleasing to him, which is the spiritual way for you to worship. Do not be shaped by this world. Instead, we change within by a new way of thinking. Then you will be able to decide what God wants for you you will know what is good and pleasing to him and what is perfect. Um, 
and it's clearly been an up and down journey but since praying that prayer I've again I've heard God more clearly um, so if God is on your case we can't hide <laughs> it's better to face up sooner rather than later um, the the next thing is uh, partner in crime Gideon on the way to school in the morning he'll either drag his heels or he'll sprint ahead whichever one I've told him not to do because he wants to meet up with his friend Caleb who lives on the corner uh, and together once they lock on uh, neither me or Caleb's mum have any control over them and um, that we can't stop them trying to beat up Caleb's older brother or run into other parents on the school run um, they roll around on the floor it, you know what I mean um, and I guess it can be the same for us. So if you've got people in your life who don't know Jesus or have more sway than God does uh, over your actions and your decisions, then really be careful. Uh, in the Bible, it says um, in 2 Corinthians, um, do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteous and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness. So... I'm not saying this about Gideon's friend. Gideon is definitely the worst uh, partner in crime there. Um, but just we need to be careful. We need to be seeking out people who are after God and have our best interests at heart. Otherwise, he gets drowned out. Um, Gideon's also got a, a best friend at church. And uh, when they know it's, it's going to be home time, together they decide they're going to barricade themselves in a bedroom. Um, and again, listening stops and you have to break in. Um, so do not be misled by bad company, which corrupts good character. Um, the last one in this section, angry or offended we heard a bit, a lot about that last week. Um, when Gideon is angry, we know about it in our house. I think next door know about it, and probably the houses on the other side of the street. Um, he even he was he got pretty angry yesterday. Actually, I can't even remember what about. And he locked himself in the toilet, made spitballs, and peppered the back of the uh, the bathroom door with them, which he knows displeases me. Uh, so if we if we're angry as we were hearing last week, we have, we've, we're carrying offence or unforgiveness that again blocks uh, and muddies the water uh, and makes it harder for us to hear from God. And then it, as well as uh, we'll, we'll keep going because I'm going to run out of time. Uh, as well as finding it hard to hear, we can just, we can hear God but distort what He's said to us. Um, I found Gideon will quite often pretend he's listening if he, know, if he thinks there's something in it for him. Um, so he, he fakes listening. I think he's taken it in and he really isn't um, because he wants something else. Um, and also when you've got your heart set on something, um, that again, can, we can use that to twist what God's saying. Um, and we can hear things um, and do something, something different. So if Gideon's got his heart set on something, um, whatever I'm saying, he'll try, try and turn it into getting what he's after. Um, and for, for me, I'd, 
when I moved to Manchester, I had a girlfriend for four years before Sarah, my first girlfriend, um, and I had my heart set on marrying her. And for a long time, I, before that, I'd prayed for a girlfriend. Um, and so it, um, I felt God say, before you leave home, you're going to have a girlfriend. So I thought, great, that's what I want. Uh, and that, because of that, I found it especially difficult when she eventually broke up with me. Um, and she, it was that kind of thing where it wasn't sudden, it kind of dragged out for a bit. So I was seeking God and saying, God, to speak to me about this. Should we get back together or not? And because I had my heart set on it, God did speak to me very clearly. I heard him, but I kept saying, what you're saying is we should get back together. Uh, and then when it all ended, I was like, what was that about? You, you put us together, we were supposed to get married. Um, and it took me a long time to realize that I had actually twisted what God was saying. Um, and that my prayer had been, please, 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 uh, I'm so miserable, I need a girlfriend that will fix everything. Uh, rather than I want what you've got for me and the best. Um, so my prayer changed after that to God, uh, I love you. I want to make sure that you, you're enough for me. Uh, I'm not going to chase after anyone. I'm happy just to be with you by myself forever, and it, unless you put someone in my path who I'm going to have to chase after in terms of following you. Um, so that was a good prayer to pray for me. Um, and then, uh, as well as twisting. Uh, what God says oh, the last one is self-preservation if Gideon knows he's, he's going to get it, he's in trouble um, he then becomes very attentive even though he's, again, he's not listening, he's just trying to get out of it uh, and we can do the same with God, we can just pay lip service to him because we know we're, we're not doing what he wants um, but when, there are times when Gideon listens, we come to positive stuff now uh, and um, Though, especially at the end of holidays, if we spent some quality time together, we're like amazed. There's like a complete change in character. And uh, we like to think that's because he's spent time with amazing parents, but it's literally just because he's had that quality time and he's, he's calmed down and got some good rest and we've got a rhythm and a routine uh, and that connection has started up again. Um, and in Psalm 1, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way sinners take or sit in company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers. So as we spend time with Jesus, the more time we spend with him, the easier it is to hear from him and the more tuned in we get. Um, also Gideon when, he's, when he knows he's loved that, that opens him up as well so last week uh, he had, he, the whole school had a dance off assembly which was amazing actually it was, it was quite something and he really wanted me to go and it wasn't easy um, but I managed to make it and, and afterwards he was looking for that praise and that love which he got and, and we chatted all the way home and he was listening and it's, it's the same for us. When we know how much the Father loves us, we, we're much more attuned to actually listening to him. Um, I th I've got a lot more, but um, 
where shall I stop? Uh, I do, uh, can we jump to uh, language? Um, I want to speak Gideon's language um, rather than speaking as I usually do. That means I c- he listens better, we can connect. Uh, so on Friday, usually on the way home from school, he'll take forever because he's exhausted. Friday's the worst time. Um, and I have had to drag him home over my shoulder past all the parents in the playground, kicking and screaming, and do the walk of shame. This Friday, I said, Gideon, I need to tell you something. I brought ice cream for tea. Now, he likes ice cream. He speaks ice cream. Uh, And I said, I did something very silly, and I've not put it in the the freezer because I was rushing to come pick you up. If we want ice cream for tea, we're going to have to get home quick so it doesn't melt and he he sprinted and that was uh as a record he got home before me and before anyone else in the whole school um and let's jump ahead to the last one forgiveness um when Gideon has done something he really shouldn't have done or when I have and we've had that chat where we've asked We've said sorry to each other, and there's forgiveness there. Suddenly, that creates this uh, kind of amazing space where, where he's listening, I'm listening, and we're connecting. Um, and it's, it's the same with Jesus. When we know that we've, we've been forgiven by him, that's a good place uh, to start listening and to hear from him. So that, that's it from Gideon. What are we going to do um, in response, uh, if you want to, um, we're going to kind of just try and polish that glass so we can hear a bit more clearly. Uh, we're going to have a bit of time of uh, saying a simple confession prayer and prayer of deliverance. Um, and then spend a bit of time in quiet just asking God to speak to us. Um, and just around the room, on this side, if you want to, there's communion. Um, you can come and take bread and wine um, and remember what Jesus did for us. Um, on the cross and over this side I've moved the cross from being distant to being nearer so if there's um, if you just need to reconnect to God as a loving father who died for us go near over there there's paper and pens if you feel God saying anything to you you can write it down whether it's for yourself or for someone else or for the church or for the city um Writing it down is always good because then we can come back to it and that builds faith. Um, so, we find a, there's a prayer of confession. Um, so if we want to say this together, um, I'll t- give you just a bit of time to read it, hopefully you can. Um, and then we'll, we'll speak it out together. Okay, Lord Jesus Christ, if you want to read it with me, you can. Uh, I believe that you are the Son of God. You died on the cross for my sins and rose up from the dead. I now confess all of my sins, known and unknown, and repent of each one. So just pause there if, you, if there's anything on your mind at the moment, and just bring it before God.
I ask you to, sorry, I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me in your blood. I do believe that your blood cleanses me now from all sin. Thank you for redeeming me, cleansing me, and sorry, sanctifying me in your blood. Amen. Um, and there's a prayer of, of deliverance. The other ivy sites this morning, we've been looking at um, deliverance and how God delivers us. Um, so if you want to, we can pray this together as well. I come to you, Jesus, as my deliverer. You know all my problems, the things that bind me, that torment me, that defile and harass me. I now loose myself from every dark spirit, from every evil influence, from every satanic bondage, from every spirit in me that is not the spirit of God. And I command all such spirits to leave me now in the name of Jesus Christ. And now confess that my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, redeemed, cleansed, and sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, Satan has no place in me and no power over me through the blood of Jesus. Amen. So just going to take a bit of time to meditate. One of the things, we've done this in the past here, and I like to do is just, I've got a, a special place. Gideon actually brought this up during the week. He said, can, you know, can we do this together? Uh, and he knows where my special place is. So in my head, I, I go to that place. I just picture it in my mind, uh, and I see Jesus there. Um, and each time it's different. The weather's doing different things. Um, and... Jesus is there waiting for me and uh, I approach him and in that space I listen to what God has to say to me. Uh, sometimes he doesn't say anything, it's just an embrace and time sitting together. Other times he speaks clearly to me, um, either for myself or for someone else. So um, just in the next few minutes, just take the time sitting quiet. Uh, imagine that's a special place that you could go to wherever you are in your mind and imagine Jesus there waiting for you um, to speak with you um, and if you hear anything in a, in a few moments you can get up go and write them down if you feel